Yo, welcome back to the Return to Play podcast. I'm the host, Stephen Navarra, OTR. With me, as always, is Danny DPT. How was your first football weekend back full swing? Oh, I, I, I got a lot of things to bitch about. So uh, it was... I mean, it's football, so it was amazing, but at the same time, it was like a horrible, horrible, miserable weekend, and I was just angry the whole time. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I was like, wow, all of my future bets are dead in the toilet. <laughs> um, but I actually, uh, the, the field goal to end Monday Night Football would have hit my over 62 and a half longest field goal of the season. And I had the Broncos money line to finish off a weekend teaser. So that field goal, I was like, oh, my God, I'll hit both of these right here. And he fuck, he, he missed it. That's but it was, a good, it was a good try. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. What a way to start the pod by talking about, like, how ridiculous that decision-making was, though. <laughs> I mean, the odds, of, the odds of that field goal compared to the odds of you, you converting the fourth down, I mean, he's got to have an analytics guy up there saying, like, yeah, this is a this is a absolutely terrible decision. Like, what the hell are you doing? I, I couldn't believe it watching it. I was in disbelief. But Yeah, I was maybe. watching the Peyton Manning cast, and he was just, like, in disbelief. He didn't know what to say. And I was just like, well, new coach, um, he, he beefed it up. And I could look back and a bunch of times new coaches messed up uh, decision-making late uh, because you've never done it before. You've never had to be the, the voice of, of reason. And so I get it. Uh, I, think, I think the Broncos start to figure it out, but it's going to take them a while. I think they need an identity. I think they need to be a run-first team. Uh, that's what Seattle had success with Russell Wilson, whether anyone wants to admit that or not. Uh, they they ran the shit out of the ball, and then and then Russ did play action stuff. But um, you know, uh, gotta stop with the ums. I'm not I'm not crazy. Everybody was huge on Denver. I thought that was a reach kind of from the beginning. It's funny. I actually had a buddy of mine. We have a, a ten dollar bet on over under eleven and a half wins. I obviously took the under. But uh, it was a, I don't I think they were like only eight and a half or nine and a half like per Vegas. So I fleeced, absolutely fleeced the dude. But I mean, as, as great as Russell Wilson is, he's not your like total game changer, like a, like a Mahomes or Josh Allen type of guy. So I don't think, I don't think Denver's roster is really ready to compete, especially in that division with the great teams they have. Overall, terrible, terrible start to the return to play podcast picks. Uh, just like last year, but we'll turn it around. I, I do want to bitch about. I had, I originally I wanted to take that uh, Hawaii to cover fifty two. Uh, just fifty two is just a colossal spread against Michigan. Like regardless of who it is, that's that's hard to cover. I had that in my picks originally. Should have just gone with that. But over the week, the Wisconsin game just kept kind of growing on me, growing on me. And so I went with Wisconsin. They played one of the worst football games I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> And so missed my lock of the week. I did drill my uh, my draw of the week again, hammering the crew. They gave up a two goal lead to to get the draw. And then actually, sorry, I'm going on a rant here now. So freaking last night, 
this is a random bitch fest. Last night, the crew playing Miami, who's... So, okay, weather delay at halftime. The crew, this is their sixth weather delay of the season. Crazy freaking fact. And every single time they come out completely flat and either blow a lead or get smacked or whatever. So they end up taking the loss. Even with that loss, the crew still have the second fewest losses in the MLS. But they've, they've drawn teams that they're freaking sitting in the last playoff spot. Like, they might have the second fewest losses in the league and miss out on the playoffs. It's going to piss me off. But definitely hammering. Uh, spoiler alert. I'm a, I, I think I know who I'm taking for my draw of the week again because they're going to they're gonna find a way to do it. Yeah, I guess I'll just piggyback off of that by saying I, I went to the Charlotte FC game versus New York City FC, and Charlotte pulled out the home the home win, a 1-0 to uh, kill my draw of the week, and New York City had a free kick at, at like two yards outside of the, the box free kick, and it just it just missed. Uh, to end the game and stoppage time there. So and, and Charlotte played with a red card the entire second half. So that was a pretty impressive win. That, that was a fun game to go to. To continue my time in Charlotte here, what I want to talk about is how this Browns-Panthers game was, in fact, rigged. The There's so much evidence to why how this game was just, just fucking rigged. And... I'll start by saying there was reverse line movement on this game. So the Panthers all last couple weeks of the preseason leading up to week one were minus two and a half. The line didn't move at all and more money going on the Panthers. And then with, I don't know, three days before Sunday, three days before kickoff, the line just shot down to mi- minus one and a half Panthers and then to a pick'em game. So the line moved two and a half points in the last three days leading up to that game, meaning something got that the fix was in just a few days before because all of the money was coming in on the Panthers, 80% of the money on the Panthers, yet Vegas moved the line to make the Panthers less of a favorite begging you to take the Panthers. They were begging you to take the Panthers this weekend. And when I saw that, I knew the Panthers were fucked to win the game, but I had them in teasers only. So I I felt okay. And I I put the Browns, I ended up putting the Browns in one teaser as well. So it it closed at like plus two, didn't it? Because I I didn't didn't realize it swung that much because that's that's the Panthers to cover. I had the Panthers as a dog on, uh, on FanDuel, I think, or maybe DraftKings. I don't remember. I only saw them at best as a pick when I woke up Sunday morning, but they could have been plus one or two at other books. But that's that's more to my point. Um, so they, they lost by one, I think, right? But uh, e- either way, one or two. Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, it was, it was uh, one and a half. Well, one. either way. Uh, to my point, then the the final drive of that game, they they don't call uh, intentional grounding on the fake spike, and then they also don't call a or they do call a roughing the passer on Jacoby Bursett, where the defensive lineman just literally pushed the offensive lineman into Jacoby Bursett, and the defensive lineman didn't even lay a pinky on the quarterback. And it was roughing the passer. 
And that that is literally you cannot point to look at that that play and say that that was roughing the passer. And and I know New York is looking at that, and they didn't call down to say no no penalty, but then they did say no penalty for the intentional grounding. So and then and then he makes the you know so they did the best they could to to fix that game to rig that game uh, to for the Browns to win. So that that's the evidence I have. I think it's three strong pieces of evidence to why this is bullshit. It, it it was one and one and a half. Panthers were plus one and a half on FanDuel, so they didn't cover anything. So yeah, yeah, because that's what I yeah, and they lost by freaking two, two for just just for me to miss that pick. I didn't realize it swung that much, or I wouldn't have took it as in my picks. But uh, I didn't I didn't get to watch any of that game because I was occupied watching the stupidest game of my life. <laughs> while you're while you're bitching about that shit, I'm gonna bitch about so freaking Steelers. <laughs> Steelers. First of all, no, like T.J. Watt being hurt. Like I'm, I'm glad it's not. We'll, we'll get to, we'll get to that later. Um, hopefully, be back soon. But he shouldn't even have been on the field at that point. All Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh got the ball back. All they had to do was run the ball for Cincinnati. I can't even talk. I'm so pissed off. Just run the ball for Cincinnati to burn their timeouts, and they throw a fucking pass that gets batted down at the line. If you're, which I don't even mind being aggressive throwing a pass trying to catch him off guard, but it's got to be a quick out or like a, a flare pass. A very very high like completion percentage. You know what I mean? Like you can't you can't just throw some dumb thing across the middle that's gonna get batted down by the D line. And uh, so save since either forty seconds or a timeout. What you know whatever they end up opting to use. I don't remember how it completely played. I'm trying to blank it out of my memory. But Pittsburgh punts. Cincinnati has plenty of time. And then T.J. Watt gets hurt with fifteen seconds left in regulation. Fifteen seconds of game time that shouldn't have even been there if Mike Tomlin's not a fucking asshole. So it's Pittsburgh's going to go zero and six down this stretch without him, and it's and it's all Mike Tomlin's fault, and and no one in the history of the world will ever convince me otherwise. I yes, they definitely could have ran the ball at least one one down. Uh, to well, they to did, make... they did on first and third. They tried to throw it on second, but the first down is when Najee got his foot rolled up on two, and that that ended uh... up forcing since it was under two minutes. Pittsburgh had to actually burn their own timeout. To, the whole game was just a travesty because, like Najee getting hurt, Pittsburgh was forced to use their time. I mean, it was it was the stu- like worst like managed game I've ever seen in my freaking life. Minka Fitzpatrick, just an absolute dog. T.J. Watt while he was in there, absolute dog. Cam Hayward, absolute dog. I mean, the defense. I mean, they played they played almost a hundred plays. I think it was ninety four plays. Like, yeah, obviously, if you're on the field for ninety four plays, people are gonna get hurt. Freaking ridiculous. Right. I'm I'm so pissed off about it. Well. <laughs> but yeah, you you being at the at the Panthers game, you missed you missed out on some uh, on some anxiety. Let me tell you that. Well, I watched most of the fourth quarter on my phone <laughs> of the Steelers at the at the Panthers game, and then i I would watch. I would I would put it on my phone when there wasn't a play going on in front of me live, and and. We had the end zone seats, and we saw Baker like throw that eighty-yard touchdown pass to Robbie Anderson, like in that direction, and I that was really cool to see the ball just like loft in the air and just come straight down on him from that angle. That was that was a pretty cool um, play to see live. But yeah, and then they they had that they put that game on out in the concourse, Steelers Bengals, you know, for all the the Browns fans there too, probably, but. Um, 
Oh, and by the way, it was only $11 at the Panthers Stadium for an IPA, like 16-ounce IPA. It was $11, or you could get the 25-ounce domestic for $13. So not bad for for booze. Hot dog, pretzel, all that was like 6 bucks, and you could get three Krispy Kremes for 5 So, that yeah, Panthers concession stand. I'll give them a, a solid 7 out of 10. But when we were at the soccer game, and we are going way, way too long before not talking about a goddamn football injury. Uh, Charlotte FC game, I, I wanted a soft pretzel just all weekend. I've been craving soft pretzel. I go up there. I, she's like, they're hard. They the, the pretzels got hard. And I was like, ah. I was like, you know what I get? And they didn't give me any discount whatsoever. Bought the pretzel. It fucking sucked. It was disgusting. And then we're walking out of the stadium, and I just lost my draw of the week bet, which I actually bet. We're walking out, and they're just handing out the pretzels for free. So that was tough. An all-around L. I did, despite all the L's I was taking by watching the Steelers, I did do incredibly well in fantasy. Five and one across my leagues. The only one I lost, DK Metcalf couldn't get me six points on Monday night. The fuck <laughs> DK. But I got my, my teams are rolling. I'm loving it. Oh, yeah, I do, I want, before I forget too, we started on Twitter a new little segment. I, I definitely should be an AP voter. I am not, but I clearly should be. I've started we forgot I forgot to mention this last week. So before I forget again, every single week after the college football slate to get us a little, I mean, on the podcast, we'd get into a little bit into college, but it's mostly NFL, NFL injury stuff. Uh, I'm doing a top 25 Danny's poll, uh, how I would vote if uh, if I was an AP voter. So get on there, bitch at me about why I'm crazy. There are a few big discrepancies from the from the AP results, but uh, yeah, get on there. Give me hell. Me. Try, yeah, try to try to give me hell, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> I do love that plug at Return to Play Pod for Twitter. Uh, let's. Let's do the injury news, and just for those of you who don't know, the rest of the show, uh, we usually don't take that long to get to the injury news here, but that was all worthy. That was all worthy discussion. That was a big opening weekend of football there. 10 out of 10 intro. <laughs> and uh, we God, there's like three us. So the injury news segment is going to be guys that just, just got hurt last week and are probably most definitely going to be out for the next week or, or more since we're recovering that. And then after that, we do the heating pad ice pack segment. And that's focused on fantasy players that are going to probably play this weekend. And we kind of project or predict how they're going to do based off of their injury news. So, and, and then we have a couple other uh, quick segments that we think you'll enjoy. And then we'll finish with our lock of the week picks. So let's jump into the injury news. Let's start with Dak Prescott. Straightforward. He stunk. He just flat out stunk. The whole team stunk. But a lot of teams stunk on week one. Either way, he broke his thumb. I Jerry Jones said above the joint, but I couldn't see whether he was pointing, you know, superiorly or inferiorly to the, you know, metacarpal phalangeal joint. So I'm assuming it's the digit of the thumb. Because anything lower would have been a scaphoid fracture. So I'm assuming it was the digit to the thumb, which shouldn't be as bad as the scaphoid. But still, as we talked about when Russell Wilson had this injury last year, and he came back way too early and stunk for another month. 
after that wasn't quite the same because they rushed him back. I digress. He had uh, a similar fracture, and you basically need a thumb spike, a splint. I don't know where I'm going with that, but I think the four to six week timetable is probably a little uh, too optimistic. Oh, the poor blood flow. There's poor blood flow to the thumb. Uh, We all have not as great circulation to our thumb as the rest of our hand and wrist. So it takes longer to heal. Uh, Danny, what what do you got on on DAC? Uh, So I saw it described as a Bennett's fracture, which is, um, yeah, it's it's a... it's the uh, proximal the goalkeeper fracture is i think the nickname yeah the the proximal bone of the thumb not the not not the scaphoid not into the wrist so i mean obviously on your throwing hand it's something that definitely has to be fixed it's going to affect your grip and yeah they needed to do the surgery a little bit different than the russell wilson situation that was that was a uh, his middle finger i believe maybe the pointer finger one of the fingers so a little bit different your thumb obviously more important more 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 dexterity in the thumb and more control of your grip like more necessarily necessary of a finger i i think it will be similar to the russell wilson situation where they do try to rush him back as soon as possible especially when you're Losing games with Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Cooper Rush, or uh, <laughs> maybe maybe Mason Rudolph. Maybe they work out a little trade and give us a little edge rusher. Would be nice. <laughs> give us an edge rusher for um, for a third string quarterback. Uh, we'll see. But yeah, I think I wouldn't be surprised if they do try to rush him back just to you know get their quarterback back as quick as they can, regardless if he's ready or not. Yeah. So <clears throat> as it stands, I am down on Dak in his first couple returns, but I think that will be kind of the meta take. Uh, everyone's going to be on that and because he just he stunk as it was healthy <laughs> in week one. So everyone's just going to correlate that to him stinking. I guess it'll depend on the matchup whenever he comes back. Stay tuned for that. Uh, also, I read Michael Gallup was limited in practice this week. So, you know, we were thinking maybe a week four to six return for him. I don't know why you would really rush him back now at this point. I guess because Cooper Rush has no weapons besides CeeDee Lamb. And he needs someone to take the defense, kind of make some make the defense responsible for more than just CeeDee Lamb and a little bit of Dalton Schultz. So who knows, Michael Gallup, I do not see him playing this week. But I think he's a – if you want to pick him up now, if he's available, I'd say maybe this is the last week you're going to get him definitely not playing so let's keep it rolling to elijah mitchell guys addicted to injuries uh nailed this one said he was tier tier one for a good reason tier one injury prone mcl strain in in week one you know probably can come back within three to five six weeks three to six weeks but just you know he's just gonna get hurt again at to some capacity he's not gonna come back full full go and play, you know, what, not eight, nine, ten more games in a row. And so he, he's done. And then you have uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., but we'll save him for later in the show because he's definitely playing this week. So do you want to just keep it rolling into Najee? Elijah Mitchell, yeah, did, you know, you saw him take a lateral blow to the knee. Um, and you kind of have that that knee cave in a little bit. Typical MCL sprain. They do they do have him on the IR already, so he's gonna miss a minimum of four weeks. Um, so somewhere in kind of that, I'd say probably probably six to eight weeks before he's 
back. Najee, yeah, that's that's all I got to say on Elijah Mitchell. So we can we can go ahead and Najee. Oh, I don't I don't fully know what. Ha- I mean, when I saw the injury, I was I thought he was done for the season. I mean, his whole foot got rolled, his foot got pinned, and then he got pulled back over his foot. I even texted Steve. I'm like, Najee just broke his leg. I'm like, I, I like. At this point, I'm just done, done with it, done with the season. I'm giving up. I'm mad at Mike Tomlin, <laughs> and uh, and he's down, grasp, grasping at his leg, writhing in pain, and then uh, and he gets up, kind of walks off on it, limps off on it, pretty, pretty good. Then on the replays, it looked more, kind of more like ankle sprain, high ankle sprain territory, but they're saying it was. Excuse me, I just had a nasty burp. It was a uh, re-aggravation of the Lisfranc sprain that he had early in training camp. Uh, so I don't know. Honestly, I don't know that I even fully believe that. Steelers are kind of underplaying it, same way that they did with the original injury. But regardless, we also nailed this one, that, that Pittsburgh just refuses to, to have a secondary running back. And they just... Marlon Mack is out there. Shit out of their running backs until they uh, until they get hurt. So... Najee's not. It sounds like he's gonna play this week. Um. So you know, if you, I just it just read three. He's gonna get volume. So like, play him if you got him. But he's not gonna make it through the season. It's not at this rate. No, I agree. Uh, I just read three hours ago. Uh, Jay Roan from ninety three seven the fan. I expect Najee Harris to start play and get majority of the snaps after seeing practice today. So great. <laughs> uh, obviously, Najee's going to say he can go and just, but like, I guess if looking at it, if he's if he's running full speed and and full go, um, that's it's a tough call to make. If if he's saying he's fine and he's looking fine, but yeah, you you'd think you'd want to err on the side of caution of of probably your best offensive player. You know, but whatever, we'll we'll see how it goes. I think they need to go get Marlon Mack. I don't know how much. I don't think they would have to be responsible for any salary because he cleared waivers. So, well, he's on the he's he's on the Texans practice squad now, so they'd have to pry him away. I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly. I mean, they can still sign him, but I don't know what the uh, compensation like with that is. Um, wouldn't be a Jalen Warren, the undrafted rookie, is is the backup. Did not look bad in his filling time. Um, he had a huge block down the down the stretch in overtime. Um, kids playing hard. Definitely a good handcuff to pick up because if Najee, in the event that Najee misses time, Jalen Warren's going to be the he'll probably split it with Benny Snell at that point. But Jalen Warren's going to get more of the touches. So if you do have Najee, that's a good handcuff to pick up for you. But yes, we, I agree. We can probably that move was... on here. Uh, J.K. Yeah. Dobbins uh, returned to practice, full practice today. Uh, for so probably on track to play at least get some snaps you know they might bring him back 30 30 percent of the targets and i i'm seeing it more like that like let's give them 30 50 percent of the 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 targets kind of make jk the backup in his first game back to the 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 other plethora of backs they have so running back by committee and then you know if all goes well this week He'll be full go. He'll probably be the you know the the bell cow moving in to next week, two weeks from now. I agree. I agree. We'll keep we'll keep rolling here. Yeah, got a couple got a couple receivers with some hamstring injuries. You want to touch on yeah. them? Uh, it's Keenan Allen, another injury prone guy. I don't know if he made our hastily made injury tier list, but he was someone I definitely would want to put on there. Him and Mike Williams. 
But yeah, Keenan Allen definitely can't uh, play 17 games in a row. It, that's that's a tough thing for him to achieve. Uh, excellent while he's out there, I would say this is probably a month if it's a full like a grade two pool. Like that guy is he's getting older. He needs probably a full full month out to recover from something like that. And that's going to be, I think, a big uh, boost for Joshua Palmer on that team. And I love him in the uh, in fantasy for the Thursday night primetime slate, making uh, Joshua Palmer your cheap captain. I would say probably not, maybe not a full month for Keenan Allen. He does. I mean, this is a guy with a constant history of, of hamstring issues, but has never missed extended time from them either. Um, but as Steve touched on, he is getting a little older. The fact that they ruled him out so quickly, I'd say probably, you know, you're he's definitely going to be out this week, maybe maybe into that two to three game range to get him, get him fully healthy. And especially, you know, big win over a division rival. If they keep winning, that'll that'll delay his return. But it's tough to say. Just kind of keep an eye on, you know, make sure he he'll have to log a couple full practices. I would say to be able to count on him for your fantasy that week. Um, Chris Godwin, kind of in a similar territory. He he looked good, looked fast, looked explosive, um, but then eventually did did tweak his his hamstring, which isn't uncommon coming back from a ACL recovery like like he is, especially you know limited action up to that point. Um, so good for him to kind of get his toes wet and uh, you know escape escape getting severe injury or or you know a re re-injury of that knee but did did come down with a little tweak so i expect them to kind of be cautious with with returning him as well so probably probably chris godwin in that same boat he'll probably miss a couple couple games here but when he does return um he looked he looked good looked acl looked 100 he was fast he was you know he didn't look apprehensive running and cutting on that knee they went to him like that very first play just threw a quick little dump off to him and uh, a little catch and run so Chris Godwin appeared to be confident in the knee when he does come back. I, I think he's a pretty good fantasy plug. I agree. Uh, we'll, we'll touch quickly. Harrison Butker is out for the Chiefs. You know, down a, uh, a field goal kicker. I don't know if they used that safety to, uh, to kick field goals for them. But uh, let's just assume that they're, they're going to go for it more often now uh, on Thursday night. So maybe... You know, that's two teams that are going to be going for it a lot on fourth down. So uh, interesting there. The, uh, Andy Reid blames the loose turf for Butker's slip on the kickoff, which is how he twisted his left ankle, which is his non-kicking ankle. But that's still that plant ankle. You need to have that thing locked in place uh, while you weight bear on it while kicking the ball the, as hard as you fucking can. So I think, you know, he'll be back sooner than later because they'll tape that and brace that up real tight. And um, I think when he's back, I don't know, uh, tough to say because they're not going to let you watch any of his practice kicks that week. So be real interesting if if someone at the net game he returns to could uh, record his warm-up kicks to, to let us all know how yeah. he's kicking. He he, they do have an you know playing on Thursday. They have an extended rest going into that that next week. So I wouldn't I w- I'd expect him to be back next week. It's interesting. I've I've seen him dropped, and obviously you're not going to hang on to a to a kicker. You don't want to waste a fit roster spot for a kicker. But I've seen him dropped in a few w- leagues. So 
definitely a great pick kicker to have. He's got a big leg, and Kansas City's going <laughs> to score a lot of points. So I'm I'm picking him up in every league that he's getting dropped in. Do I do want to? I mean, these I didn't actually see the the injury. I didn't I didn't know if he got rolled up on or if he just planted weird on it. So I'm glad you cleared that up for me. But he did he did come back into that game after Justin Reed kicked a few kicks. Bucker came in and booted a 54 yarder. Had the had the ankle pretty heavily wrapped up. Didn't even take a run up. Just like a little half step, like half step boot 54 yarder right down the pipe. Man, these guys are pros. Like. It's crazy what you can do kicking a football because he he freaking ripped that thing. So mm-hmm. your your kickers are are freak athletes too. Believe that that was that was impressive. Yeah, uh, I think we're at a half hour. I think we may just have to skip some of these defensive guys. I well, did want to. Well, I did want to say TJ. Sorry, go on, go on. Well, we, we we yeah we we touched on TJ. He is not on IR yet as of now. So he everybody the, all the reports are kind of saying six weeks. Um, the IR would mean he would have to miss four, but the Steelers have not placed him on IR yet, which is definitely something to monitor. I don't know if you want to, if you had anything else to add. Just that unless it really looked like it was torn at the attachment point, the way his shoulder was hanging low and he was just kind of really unable to move it at all. I'm sure he was doing that purposefully, keeping it still. But uh, just looked like it was dropped and drooped. The whole shoulder was drooped, which makes me think it's at the attachment point more to um, really pull the weight of that shoulder down. And if that's the case, I think even a partial tear near the attachment point needs to be much more rest than than six to eight weeks. It needs yeah. to you need to shut him down uh, and and just save him till next year. You all, you guaranteed him for five years. You didn't guarantee him for one. And it would really suck to not see him play. I obviously want him to play, but man, I really hope they don't, uh, fuck this up. <laughs> I'm nervous for the situation to, and I'll leave it at of, that. I think that's why the second and third opinions came in, but everything that I'm seeing is is just like a, a strain in the in the muscle belly so that's what in the, the fact that he's not on ir i expect him to be back sooner than that six weeks um which obviously in the muscle belly is best prognosis rather than what steve was saying at the at the muscle attachment at the tendon so that, i mean there's gonna be more news that comes out about it as it comes along definitely monitor the ir status yeah but, i mean it'll be it'll be interesting to see Jamal Adams out for the season with a quad. We don't got to go on. We don't. That's a season ender. We don't got to talk about that. And the Ravens, Ravens were screwed with injuries last year, just like Pittsburgh, and they're they're back at it again. Kyle Fuller, ACL. Juwan James, their left left tackle, out with an Achilles. Ravens getting beat up again. Yep. So let's move on to heating pad or ice pack. This is where we say a player's name and then give them a heating pad rating if we think you should start them. In DFS or seasonal league, and an ice pack means cool off on the bench, buddy. You need to take a week off. Uh, you're not going to be a fantasy producer. Mac Jones, back strain, not looking good. Tough, tough to practice all week with a back strain, you know, and that's a team that needs practice together. And I think they have some systemic issues with the play calling. I know they kept cutting to that the highlights of that game at the Panthers game. I'm not sure why they kept choosing that one. Uh, we did get the, they did show the Minka pick six on the Jumbotron uh, cut away to red zone for that. And then they cut away f- 
to red zone for all of Mac Jones's turnovers, and, and they kept cutting away to to Miami when it was in favor of Miami, which I thought was funny. And Mac Jones, I'm gonna against that Steelers defense, but then again, no TJ Watt. Still gonna ice pack Matt Jones because I don't think the Patriots have their offense figured out yet. They don't have an offensive identity. We have fairly decent corner play right now, especially against. Uh, we just had a really tough test against Cincinnati's wide receiver core. They are way better than Patriots receiving core. So I, I give a downgrade here to Mac Jones. What do you have? I'm an ice pack here as well. I, he's definitely, this isn't going to be the same. Without TJ Watt, I mean, that's that's a huge blow. Uh, so this nah. isn't going to be the same same front seven that you saw just harassing Burrow all day. But like Steve touched on, this is not an explosive offense. I don't think Mac Jones has that high of fantasy value to begin with. So I'm an ice pack here. Yeah, let's go to running back Jeff Wilson Jr., Probably was the second string running back in that shit show game in Chicago in the rain and slop. Uh, Panther or uh, 49ers did not look good at all before the monsoon came. And, you know, another another team where they don't have it figured out quite yet at quarterback. They're not in sync yet, but they definitely are a running team. So Jeff Wilson, I'm going to give him a heating pack. I think He's worth, you know, the potential, especially in DFS, he has potential to have a couple splash plays to give him, you know, 2x or more value on DK or or wherever you play. What do you have for Jeff, for El Jefe? I'm a I'm an ice pack here. I've been well. It's it's tough to I don't knock the Niners that much for that. That's just tough conditions to play in, and those games can always go anyway. Um, but I've said all along the Niners' backfield is so unstable and unpredictable it's always a committee basically you never know if Debo is just going to get 12 carries so I'm an ice pack here I think he's probably a, a good DFS play because he's going to be cheap um, or you know if you desperately need a running back and you don't have any other options you know pick him up because he'll be the the lead of the committee but the, the reality is it's going to be a committee so I'm an ice pack here and let's go to J.K. Dobbins real quick. Like we said, I don't think he's ready quite yet. Ice pack on J.K. We already covered him. Uh, I guess you're agreeing. Yeah, to this I agree. Week. I yeah, I for this week for sure. Ice pack. He'll probably get a couple t- touches just to get his feet wet. But I would say Kendrick Drake probably the number one guy. But still not a great Kendrick Drake and an ice pack too. It's gonna be. Similar to the Niners situation, he'll get the most touches, but not enough to depend on. <clears throat> DeAndre Swift rolled his ankle, another injury-prone running back so far has had injuries um, in all of his seasons. Running back's tough to play. This is the theme here. That I think they have a good enough backup in Jamal Williams, and they know that. So I would doubt, I think when Swift's health is in question, as it is this week, I definitely think that that goes into his target share, uh, no matter what the situation is. So, and with a do, he did not practice today. That definitely tells me they are going to game plan to <clears throat> Jamal Williams, and he's getting the reps, so he's going to get more targets just because he's in there. And Swift is not. So what do you got for Swift? I'd say just monitor his his status throughout the week if he's active. He's looked when he's healthy. He's looked explosive and very promising. Uh, so I, I, 
I think he I think he's a quality play. I'll give him a heating pad if he's active. Just keep an eye on it throughout the week. Right, wide receiver T T Higgins concussion. Steelers Bengals very concussion prone type of game. Good progress quote from Zach Taylor, head coach. So looks like he's gonna he was limited today just doing non contact stuff. So he's in his the traditional spot to be in for returning to play the next week. The you know here. So I give him a heating pad. He's gonna be a live candidate with the Bengals looking to bounce back in a win against the the mutilated Dallas Cowboys. Uh, in Dallas though. But yeah, so I I, I give uh, T the heating pack. What do you got? Expect him to play, but I'm an ice pack here for the purposes of, like Steve touched on, the banged up Dallas coming in with Cooper Rush. I expect Cincy to you know control this game. Burrow's not going to throw it 50 plus times like he did last week. I think it'll be a more um, conservative game, running the ball, uh, lower tempo. So I don't expect. I don't expect huge passing numbers, so I don't think T. Higgins is going to be that quality of a play, especially coming back from a concussion. Yeah, he's six. He's almost six thousand dollars on DraftKings. That's a little rich for my blood. So you probably have him on your bench. I wouldn't play him unless you you need him in the flex in a, in a deeper league. Uh, actually, so I recant my. Uh, I changed my mind. He's not worth six K on DK Ice Pack. T Higgins. Julio got, you know, he got banged up. He definitely put in the work there on Sunday night football. I would say Bucks were pretty banged up too. I don't know. You go first this time. I, I'm a big heating pad for Julio with, with Godwin out. I think he, I mean, Julio kind of dialed back the clock there a little bit. Looked fast, looked explosive, caught the, caught, uh, had a nice deep catch and almost pulled in another. Um, so with Godwin out, I expect a, uh, Julio to get, and, get a good bulk of the targets. It's probably going to be Dallas didn't pass it a whole lot last week because they didn't need to. Um, this week against the Saints, who they've struggled with, I expect to be more, more offensive um, power, more, more you know, firing out on all cylinders kind of thing for both sides. So I, I think Julio's a good play. He's probably going to be pretty cheap in your DFS too. He is $5,500, $400 less than T. Higgins. So at that value, I definitely think he's worth worth some ownership for DFS. And, and yeah, it could be a good flex move too because uh, Russell Gage is also still out. So they're going to need somebody to play. I think they're going to be asking him to step up and play if he can. <clears throat> that does it for heating pad ice pack segment. Let's jump right into everyone's favorite segment, a draw of the week. Uh, not going too hot. Draws are tough to the, tough to find out here, people. But uh, we're going to get it this week, I think. Danny, what what do you have in the speak, EPL? Speak, speak for yourself, man. I'm I'm uh, I'm crushing these draws. You oh yeah, well that's true. He's got he's got to pick the crew every every single week. So that's uh that's where um that's where I'm channeling back to. When do they play? Saturday? Sunday? Uh, I don't even have the game written down. Hang on. Sunday. Sunday. Crew at home against Portland. Portland is hot, is hot, hot out in the bottom of the barrel in the in the West. Um, a team that is normally competing and in the playoffs. Uh, they've won four straight, gotten themselves pretty solidified back into the playoff race. The crew desperately needs some points here. The Miami, who they who they just lost to, is breathing down their neck now for that final 
playoff spot in the East. Um, so crew kind of need a need a big win here at home against Portland, and they're gonna draw. That's just what they do, and they're gonna do it. So I got a I got a one one draw. Columbus Portland lock it in. Plus two ninety on uh, Fanduel. My draw of the week is New York and New York. The New York, New York, baby, the Frank Sinatra. New York City FC versus New York Red Bulls. Uh, neither team are, is favored. Uh, NYCFC is plus 105, so not even a, a VIG on either team. The draw there is plus 220. I like that. I like, And I love the first half draw in that as well. So that does it for draw of the week. What? Say you, Danny, uh, for the next segment. Yeah, brings us brings a perfect segue into our uh, LGBTQIA plus player of the week. Tough decision, real tough decision, but I gotta I gotta give give it to Carl Nassib this week. Uh, logged twenty snaps in that real defensive beatdown of the Cowboys on on national television. So you know they call me a homer because I'm always I'm always giving it to my Penn State boy here, but I gotta go with the former national sack leader, Carl Nassib, LGBTQIA plus player of the week. All right, now let's get to the greasy locks of the week. I love the board. I love the board this week. A lot of games I love. I don't know what to make my lock. I I really have like five picks I want to make, so it's tough to, to think of which three I want to actually give out of these ones. My, I'm going to just say right now my, my honorable mention pick one is <clears throat> Michigan State. Ooh. Plus three and a half at Washington. They were, they were. I was down to six this week, and I narrowed it down to three. But Sparty was one of my six. I, I do like that pick. That scares I was, me. I was scared of it though. It seemed kind of like, yeah. I'm like, why isn't? Why aren't they favored? It seemed kind of like a like a little bit of a trap. So I stayed away. From I one. I can uh, just for the people out there. The line opened up on Sunday at plus. It's weird. This is like weird information, I guess. It says plus one, but then like four minutes later, it went to plus three. So really, I think it opened up at plus three. Maybe it did open up at plus one, and then like the super, super sharp people that bet the minute the bets come out, everyone, all of those people hammered Michigan State just because they know that's the value pick, like we we think. So so within within 10 minutes of that, time going up it went to plus three and and then it kind of down to two and a half and then up now it's up to three and a half so yeah uh and then 70 percent of the money is on sparty right now so you know two two thirds of the people are taking sparty right now a little more than that but i still like i like michigan state i think washington had the big win last week kind of emotional win on the road now they're coming home homecoming and uh yeah that's that's what i got so well no i don't but damn i just kind of wanted to talk to say, i'm like why why are we spending all this time on an honorable mention pick but i Fuck. digress wait what are you washington <laughs> played at home against portland state last week too got a, got a uh, you're thinking no, of washington what? state you were talking about yeah uh, you, you, you meant wazoo yeah I literally Wazoo, had that in Wazoo my brain. Had a huge emotional win at Wisconsin. Huge win, fucking Wisconsin. Uh, well, two, shit. Well, two, two <laughs> I guess we leave all that goals, in. Two missed field goals, turn it over in the red zone twice in the fourth quarter. I'm like, these guys are trying to lose this damn game. 
Um, yeah, well, now I don't know. You know what? Well, that's why it's not one of my top three. Well, well here, let me, let me, while you're figuring that out, I'll rattle off my picks because I, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to go three and oh. Another tough start. If you remember, I, I started off miserable last year, kind of got hot at the, uh, at the end of the year there. Um, so I'll start with my lock. And, uh, so I'm, I got, um, the Mississippi State Bulldogs are favored by two at LSU. And I understand this is this is not the LSU of the past. This is the uh, fake accent Brian Kelly LSU. But it's still LSU. I'm never trusting Mississippi State to go into Death Valley and get a win. Even if it is a, a revamped, you know, Air Raid, Mike Leach, Mississippi State. I, I'm not buying it. I'm taking LSU with the points here. Lock it in. LSU plus two at home. So it's plus big. one and a half. Now. Well, regardless, LSU's, LSU's winning this game outright. Mississippi State is not that good of a team to go in there to a to a hostile crowd it's like Death Valley and, and get out of there with the, with the dub. This is not as bad of an LSU team, I don't think. Their only loss was that tough one to Florida State. They went down to the wire. Crazy game. Crazy start to the football season. It's been a crazy football season already. But I but I digress. I'll get off I'll get off my little my little rant. But oh damn, whatever whatever ESP ESPN says Mississippi State minus two and a half now. What do they use? Well, i I mean, I'm going off a of FanDuel for all yeah. of these. I'm so just, I was so one and a half money. Yeah. Well, whatever. Two, one and a half, whatever it is, LSU money line is probably the good pick. Um, but that's my lock of the week. JT Daniels is going to get that offense rolling. They're they're getting out of there with a dub. Um, I also like sticking with the college game. Game day, big big W for Appalachian State last week over A and M. Um, I fully expect that 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 is not the upset like it was years ago when they beat Michigan. This is a great program. It has turned into a great program since they've developed since they've transitioned to the FBS. Kind of similar to how Boise kind of stormed onto the scene in the in the early two thousands. They've had, um, excluding the COVID year, this is the team for the p- past five seasons. They've had ten plus wins, um, been been in the top twenty five in several of those seasons. This is this is a quality Appalachian State team. They Troy also kind of was in the same boat. Rattled off three ten plus win th- seasons a few years ago, and if you do remember, they went into Death Valley and and beat LSU that year. Um, that was at the uh right before Orgeron came in, but game day going to Boone, Appalachian State minus twelve and a half at home. I am worried about a little bit of a hangover, but the last three games versus Troy, they they've all been over thirty point wins for Appalachian State. So I I like them. I like them to get a big win. Troy is a tough team, but they're not the team that they were a few years ago when they were when they were pretty good. So I I like. Appalachian State, even with a little bit of a hangover, I like them to cover that twelve. And then Monday night, ESPN football. I like the Minnesota Vikings. Looked great week one. I like them to cover plus two on the road over the Eagles. I think Minnesota's the better team. Went over a division rival. I think they carry that momentum forward. I like the Vikings plus two. Yeah, we're I'm going to uh, Boone, Boone, North Carolina in two weeks. Uh, a missing yeah. game. That's a nice looking campus. It's in the the stadium with the with the mountains and the it's it's a, it's a I, I, Boone, North Carolina is on my bucket list to watch a watch a football game one day. Beautiful yeah, we stadium, got a beautiful view from the stadium. 
we got a cabin up in the woods up there in the mountains and uh we're gonna stop and find a brewery or something near the college yeah so uh lance coming with us and another another couple and i think lance is gonna find a date (laughs) that's a a bold strategy cotton we'll see if it works out for yeah we'll see Uh, none of them are going to listen to this so we can say whatever we want about them and let me get to my picks they are i'm gonna go thursday night football over chiefs chargers it just feels right over 53 and a half uh it's the fun thing to root for the shootout between these two teams la missing uh is derwin no um they're missing one of their starting cornerbacks though so again against patrick mahomes you really want your your best players out there on defense at quarterback they're not going to have that so the over there and then i'm going with another nfl over which is the Lions and Commanders over 48 and a half. I think the defenses kind of stink. And I think the offenses have enough, especially Washington. You know, Carson Wentz showed that he can uh put put some points up with with his receiving core. It's a good receiving core to have. Uh so the over 48 and a half there. And then my lock of the week, kind of gross. But it is Davis Mills and the Houston Texans covering plus nine and a half. So can lose by nine, but not by ten. And I was stalling because I was looking up who they were playing. They were are in Denver. That Denver Broncos, I think that uh, Texans can definitely get the backdoor cover here. Russell Wilson, like I said at the top of the show, they don't have their offensive identity quite yet. They are still out of sync. I think they – and they had the two bad fumbles there on the goal line. Now they're all um, discombobulated. Texans, I think, are just going to be an undervalued team here for the first few weeks of the season. And I don't think they're double digits worse than the Denver Broncos right now. So I think Texans are, are focused right now. You, they they could fuck me and easily lose by two touchdowns, seventeen points here. We'll, we'll see, but I don't. I, I think I like the Texans to to cover here. That's why they are my lock of the week. Um, I don't. Uh, yeah, that's. I, I like I like that Texans pick. It was actually one of the one of the six picks I had. Um, it was actually ten and a half earlier today. Because mm. uh, I was because I, I was looking at that and I, and and I, you know I touched on it earlier, but I don't think Denver's is going to be as as great of a team as everyone kind of chalked them up to be. I think it'll be a little bit of a slow start as they kind of mesh together. Ten points in the NFL is a lot, and I'm like, why is why is Denver after that shitty performance on national television? Why are they a ten point favorite right now? But but I was like it, it, I, I I hedged that one off because I'm like I, I'll be damned if I'm if I'm putting money on Houston Texans on the road. But we'll see. I, I mean, I do like I do like the pick. Do we got a Do we got a punishment for the pick this week for the lock? Mm, well, we, uh, you know, I never did get that Milwaukee's best. The I, guess uh, I still got to do that. Big Big God. Jim, keep an eye out. We'll We'll tweet out these picks along with Big Jim's picks. We got uh, graphics Jimmy, now. We got some Jimmy, graphics. Yeah, we, we Jimmy made us up some graphics. Jimmy does say he said in two weeks he says he's gonna be back. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Over under the what's the I, I say it's plus plus two eighty 
plus two eighty that Jimmy's back here in two weeks. Um, Rashawn, yeah, Rashawn's <laughs> about a plus ten thousand. He's yeah, hundred to one. We'll see. Maybe one day he'll he'll be our guest picker again. We're gonna get some guests on again. We got yeah. We I got I got people hitting me up. Oh, let me on. Oh yeah, you want to get go and get famous with our thirty <laughs> views of a uh, podcast? That's you know everybody wants these handouts when you get to the top. Please share this with with anybody. <laughs> Please share this. We need views. Yes. Oh fuck! Ow! Oh, I just crushed my finger. Oh, Danny, you might have to sign us off. Fuck. All right. So uh, rough start last week. We all went one and two and missed our locks. So I'm the only one that's filmed the Milwaukee's Beast Challenge this week. Uh, just looking at. So we'll do the. Uh, we'll do this. You got to smash an egg on your head if you miss your lock. Uh, we're we're redoing ones all from right. last year. Yeah. Um, simple, oh, simple, j- simple ones that you can film in like 10 seconds Jimmy just uh, gave us his picks uh, digitally here oh great and timing, I, well I, I I texted him about five minutes ago but yeah so uh, he has the Cardinals plus five and a half the Miami Dolphins plus three and a half uh, Dolphins at <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens and then this this fucker took the Pittsburgh Steelers plus two and a half at home against the Patriots because he knows he stinks at picking locks. And, and he even had the Cowboys at the same number last week. So, But since he's trying to do this on purpose, I kind of like the Steelers now because it's going gonna, it's gonna to work against him because I know he still hates the Steelers even if he's moved on to the Bills. So I think with all that said, that's it. That's that's a wrap. We're under an hour. Let's just stop here. Well, quit while we're ahead. Uh, all right. Any 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 last words? Got nothing. Penn State's gonna lose. Penn State. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Be prepared for me to bitch next week when Penn State does some stupid shit in in Auburn. Yeah, the the over under for that's uh, forty seven and a half. I kind of like the over because everyone thinks it's gonna be the under. And uh, with I think they'll put up some points. I just hope it, Drew Aller's got to get some time. If they if they play Drew Aller, they'll smoke Auburn. They should <laughs> they should beat Auburn regardless. But Voldemort out in week he, two must not be named. At so, least it's, I'm glad it's not a night game though. It's a three thirty game. It's not going to be that a, a hostile night environment, which does help. We we got them on the whiteout last year, but they do have. Remember those blown all them blown calls last year because we had SEC refs. This year they got Big Ten refs. So, mm. Hopefully Maybe they'll help us. Yeah, they'll probably just keep fucking Penn State like they usually do anyway. Yeah, Penn State minus three might not be a might not be a bad pick there though. Ah, yeah, no, that's that's well, all I got. Now we're probably hitting that hour mark. They're minus three and a half now on FanDuel. So, with that, stay healthy, America.